Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com and Gusto. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Gusto offers modern, easy payroll to benefits to small businesses across the country. They were even named Best Online Payroll by PC Mag. As a listener, you'll get three months free when you run your first payroll. Sign up and give it a try at gusto.com slash accelerate. That's gusto.com slash accelerate. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast continues to gain recognition as a great resource for business professionals of all kinds, from small business owners to sales professionals, leaders, aspiring entrepreneurs. Uh, we uh, continue to enjoy inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to. This is really because of the guests. These are folks who have expertise in a particular area of business, and they join me to share that expertise with all of you. That way you can take what you need, and you can implement in your business, and if you need more help, you can reach out to the guest and uh, get the things that uh, you might be struggling with right now. You can get them resolved so that you can do better things in your business, be more successful, and happier as a result. Today is no different. Today, my guest is Jill Valdez. Jill has been helping corporations for over 18 years create systems and develop efficient processes. Her passion for people living a life of purpose compelled her to developing strategies for employees to be engaged and perform at a higher level. She's now committed to helping small to mid-sized companies design efficient processes and establish engaged employees. Thanks so much for joining me today, Jill. 
Thank you, Diane. I'm really excited to be speaking to your audience today. Well, I am thrilled to have you here. We're going to be talking about vision, and it is such a big deal. And, and, and I love the commitment that you have to um, not just efficiency, but engaged employees, because I, I just, you know, I mean, we hear from Gallup that most employees are disengaged or um, very disengaged. It's, it's pretty sad. So I, I think all of this that we're going to be talking about is so important for small businesses today. I totally agree. I, I know that um, employee engagement has become this really big buzz lately, but it's so important. I, our culture today is so different from you know 30 years ago where it was you go to your job and it doesn't matter if you like it or not, you're going to go and be a part, right? You're the cog in the wheel, just do your job kind of thing. Yeah. And, and that's really different from today where companies are valuing people more, but what they're finding is they don't always know how. They don't know how to be inclusive. They don't know how to uh, be considerate of their team. They want to be, which is a huge step, but they're still figuring out how to do it. So, Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Well, I guess the good news is that they want to do it. They're yeah. just having to learn, right, how things are, are different these days. So, yeah. Let's, you know, let's talk about vision. I, you know, I've been in the business community since the early 80s, and, and vision is this, you know, buzzword pretty much that, that, you know, has been going on, I think, ever since then. But do people, do companies really have vision statements these Oh, my days? gosh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and... And you're totally right. I remember, so I was in the nonprofit sector for years, and I remember when vision and mission and purpose and all of that came out in that particular sector, and it was just the big thing. Everybody had to get a vision statement. Everybody had to get a mission statement. And, um, and so that was just the total focus, almost to the detriment of what they were supposed to be doing because they were so concentrated on we got to get the vision. Well, you got to keep doing what you're supposed to be doing in the meantime. <laughs> but, you know, John Maxwell, who is the great leadership guru, he says, few things are more important to effective leadership than vision. Good leaders foresee something out there, vague as it might appear from the distance that others don't see. And that's really what vision is. It's the destination. It's a snapshot of the future of somebody's company. And from that snapshot, team members and clients are empowered to best know what to expect by their alliance with a company. And for team members, it's, okay, this is what I can expect my role to be. This is where I can expect to be going. It's kind of like, when I mean, you think about a map, it's not the... Um, it's not the you are here part, it's the X marks the spot part. Oh, that's, I, that's great, I love that. That's so interesting. Yeah. Okay, so I have found that some companies that, and, and nonprofit organizations actually, I think it's the boards that I've been on, um, that really, really wanna have a vision statement end up having something that is either so big or so broad or so vague that I'm not even sure they know what it is. And so <laughs> no one else can really follow it. So 
Will you talk some about, you know, how that's happening, I guess, and what the consequences are of not having a specific vision? Sure. That's so great. uh, Yeah. People can have these vision statements and they're like paragraphs. Yeah. uh, What, what is that? You know, it's not, yeah, that just makes people completely check out. And that's, that's what causes a vision statement to be that, um, you know, the proverbial plaque on the wall. Of course, nowadays, it's just the, that big paragraph on the website that people know it's there and nobody pays attention to it. (laughs) It's so true. Yeah. Um, So there's actually four components to a great vision. Um, And when, and you don't have to have it as, uh, again, this big, huge thing, but you do have to have these four components. So first of all, it's bigger than what the company is now. That's something that I've seen um, leaders get stuck in when I'm doing like corporate retreats and they're like, well, this is what we're doing now. So this is our vision of just continuing what we're doing. But again, if it's a vision of the future, you have to dream about what are you doing beyond what you're doing now. So it's bigger than what the company is now. Um, You know, think about if, if there were, if money wasn't an obstacle and you knew you wouldn't fail, what would you be doing in five years? Okay. 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 Yeah. Good. Um, The other thing is it's clear. (laughs) <laughs> that sorry <laughs> no you know you think that's a no-brainer but but it's that clarity that has gotten um that lack of clarity that that comes from those huge vision statements so if you make it clear that keeps it also concise um the other thing is is it focuses on how your company changes lives for your customers hmm. Um, you want to talk about if, if this is a picture of your company, you need, people need to know how they're going to be impacted by interacting with you. So focus on how your company changes lives for your customers. And then finally, it paints a mental picture. Um, one of my favorite examples is uh, Walt, Walt Disney's vision for Disneyland. When you read it, and I'll read it in a second, it's amazing because he came up with this before they ever broke ground on the park in Anaheim. And this is what his vision was for Disneyland. He says this, um, Disneyland will be something of a fair, an exhibition, a playground, a community center, a museum of living facts, and a showplace of beauty and magic. It will be filled with the accomplishments, the joys, and hopes of the world we live in, And it will remind us and show us how to make those wonders part of our own lives. Obviously. Wow. I know. Pretty amazing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that was his vision for Disneyland, like I said, before they ever even broke ground. And yet, you know, so obviously it's bigger than what the company was because at the point at that time, the company was nothing. It was, it was a dream in his heart. Um, but it was very clear and it focused on how people who came in were going to be changed, what their experience was going to be and what he anticipated their life change would be after having gone to Disneyland. 
And of course, it also paints a mental picture. Yeah, boy, no kidding. Yeah. So no that's kidding. my favorite yeah. one to give as an example of this is a great vision statement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it hits so well on, on all four points. And I, so uh, do, do you think, like I'm trying to figure out why companies struggle with being able to create a clear vision statement. Is it, I mean, if a leader's job is to be able to see the future and see where the company's going, is it that they feel like it has to be more than it really does need to be? Like, do, do they think it's, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I think that they get lost in, in the woods, really. <laughs> you know, and because it's hard to figure out how to take abstract thoughts and ideas and dreams and sometimes put those down into words. Um, I know I've struggled with that even in my own journey of creating my company and, and you know, how do I, how do I communicate what I'm about? Um, because like, I know it in my head and then right. find the right words to do it. Also though, where leaders get in trouble is they think it's all up to them, that they have to be the sole provider of the vision. And so they limit themselves. They, they shoot themselves in the foot. They're better at leading people to accomplish it. Um, so why not tap into the resources of who's going to help you actually communicate it or put it down into writing? Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's such an interesting thing for me when, when I do... Um, leadership trainings, I say, it is not the leader's job to have all of the answers. It's the leader's job to convene the resources to figure out what the answers are. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Wow. Um, Andy Stanley, he's a pastor, a pretty large pastor and back in the Midwest. And he says all the time, you hear him say over and over again, I am not the smartest person in the room. And, and that's a good leader. A good leader doesn't have to be the smartest person in the room. Um, a good leader has to know who to surround themselves with. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. And then, and then be okay with that. Like, um, yeah. you know, like, okay, I'm not the smartest person. There's somebody who's going to know how to do this better. That's not a reflection on me as a leader. It's not saying I'm a bad leader. It just means that's not my area of expertise. Right, exactly. Right, you got to get your ego out of the way. Oh, so much so. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. I, I say that like I've never struggled with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we go through it, we learn, we teach, right? And this exactly, is, this is, yes. Yeah, yeah, this is how it goes. So will you talk some about the difference between a vision statement and a mission statement? Because I think oh. this is another thing that people mix up. Absolutely, they do. They're yeah. Uh, so a vision statement, like I said, it expresses the organization's long-term goal, describing what it wants to become. A mission statement answers three questions. Who are you trying to reach? What are their needs? And how will you meet those needs? So the vision is about the future. It's that snapshot. 
the mission is describing the practicality of how you're going to accomplish that vision. Okay. So it sounds to me like uh, the mission is the uh, how. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. It is, but it also includes. Um, so when I'm uh, when I'm helping companies and organizations develop their mission statement, the exercise that we do is this: is we we draw out a body map. It's really kind of fun because uh, we typically get either the most shy person or the leader, and they lay down on the floor on this big sheet of paper, and you know somebody traces them, which is a blast to watch that. <laughs> You know, sometimes you get some very interesting figures. And so tape it up to the wall and we go through this exercise of the head is really describing who is your ideal client. And then, and so they write all that information down. And then in the heart, it's what are their needs? Um, and then the legs are like the left leg is what, re, what are we going to do to meet those needs that's unique to us? And then uh, the other leg is what are the resources that we're already aware of that we can partner with to meet those needs. So from that, then they sit down in front of that. They've got this information. They have a really clear cut vision of who their ideal client is. And then from that, they make their mission statement. Again, that answers the questions of who are you trying to reach? What are their needs? How will you meet those needs? Um, and huh. so they're taking all of that information together to make, uh, again, a, a two, two to three sentence mission statement. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> again, keep it concise. Yeah. Because um, really, even from your mission statement, you should be able to create a slogan. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So, um, huh. whereas again, the vision, the vision is going to be more in depth than a mission because you are describing yeah. the future, um, but they are definitely yeah. Yeah. distinct features of what a company needs. Yeah. And, and it really does get muddled uh, i think so I, I like this this is very clear it's very specific you can answer those questions then you know you're doing the right one right, right? and yeah. and from the mission statements that's how you measure your success as a company um when you're going through and saying okay i mean obviously with like for-profit companies you one of the ways to measure that is the bottom line how is our profit doing but one of the things that we've learned from this focus on employee engagement is that there's a bunch of soft stuff that we yeah. have to evaluate and think about, are we really doing what we're saying that we want to be doing? So a company can go back and look at answering those three questions. Are we reaching who we want to reach? Are we meeting the needs of those who we want to reach? by the resources that we have. And if you can answer yes, then you say, wow, we're, we are a successful company. 
Do you find that some companies, when it comes to who do you want to reach, they get hung up on believing that they have something for everybody? Ugh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, again, I was guilty of the exact same thing. (laughs) (laughs) When I I we all are at some point, but it, it, I mean, you can't be. No, you cannot be all things to all people. Um, you, you have to find your niche and then be really secure in saying, okay, I'm going to only cater to these particular people um, and be okay with that. I, I have a dentist's office that I'm working with right now, and they're like, we need to get younger people into our office and we need to be this family place and blah, blah, blah. But one of their things that they are most known for in their community is the fact that they have an on-site denture lab. Well, if you have an on-site denture lab, you're going to be attracting older people. So celebrate that and recognize that's who your market is, tailor your company, and you're going to be way more successful. Um, When going through and figuring out who your ideal client is, you know, thinking about who, who they are. And there's always going to be those outliers, right? And, yeah. and people are like, oh, like, like with churches, oh, but we have to reach the single parents and we have to reach this ethnic group and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, look, yes, but that's not your main focus because there may be 15% of the community. So look at who your majority is, you know, think about who, who you exactly want to reach and limit yourself to that. Because when you do, you're gonna have an impact on those outliers. You're gonna attract outliers. Yeah. But you're also gonna be detracting those outliers, which is gonna keep you from being distracted by that. Yeah, and I'm really glad that you're talking about this because I find that people um they they sort of confuse uh who am i trying to reach with who will i do business with yeah and and you know you'll do business with people if if it makes sense and it may not be that ideal client but it's going to be the next level of of whatever that you know client base looks like it's just that you have to know who you're going toward in order to be able to have a marketing message that is heard, have systems and processes in place, have everybody on the same, you know, rowing in the same direction. Right. Oh, so true. I mean, think about if you go out and go hunting, um, you know, a shotgun approach you might be able to, you know, get the bunny rabbit that happens to be walking by when you're shooting at the deer. But if you're really wanting the deer and you miss it, yeah, then, then you're right. SOL basically. Right. You're eating rabbit instead of venison. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That laser focus is so much more effective because you're not spending so much time trying to attract everybody, um, you can be more intentional with your time in reaching exactly who you want to reach. Right. Exactly. Right. 
Uh, okay, I want to take a quick sponsor break, and then I have some more questions sure. for you. Okay, great. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com and Gusto. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are Breathe to Succeed by Sandy Abrams and Leading Loyalty by Lena Renee. So visit audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, explore the books that are of interest to you, and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Everyone loves payday, but loving a payroll provider? That's a little weird. Still, small businesses across the country love running payroll with Gusto. Gusto automatically files and pays your taxes. It's super easy to use, and you could add benefits and management tools to help take care of your team and keep your business safe. It's loyal. It's modern. You might fall in love yourself. Listeners get three months free when they run their first payroll. Try a demo and test it out at gusto.com slash accelerate. That's gusto.com slash accelerate. Today we're speaking with Jill Valdez about how to create a vision that everyone embraces. So, Jill, I have sort of a weird question. I mean, I think it's a weird question for you. And and it's about um, a divisive vision. Yeah. So, you know, how do you get everyone on board if it's something that not everyone's buying into? Sure. Which is the whole the whole crux of what can happen with companies. So the overarching answer to that is really to make the vision be a reflection of the collective voice of the entire company. There's this quote from leaderonomics.com. It says this, there's no better feeling than the feeling of being heard and understood. Even if it doesn't mean you get your way or that the other person agrees with you, it's great to feel like someone put themselves in your shoes for a moment. So, yeah, when I present the vision segment for a corporate retreat, there's more than just the CEO drafting the statement. This is a collective thing that involves a lot of people. Um, a client I'm working with right now, they had a leader who did not want to hear what team members had to contribute about improving their customer service and being a better company. He'd been doing it the same way for years and years. He believed his way was the best way. And, but they have a new director and the new director values what others have to say. And so it took the team a while to get comfortable with offering their suggestions and ideas, but now they're providing more input. The director validates what they said, even if he doesn't put every suggestion into action. Yeah. But making that vision be an inclusion of everybody from the top level owner of the company all the way down to the lowest level piece um, in that organization. Okay. And how does a leader, though, make sure that they're hearing from everybody? Ah, uh, that's a great question. It can be overwhelming. You know, some leaders are like, 
uh, I don't have time to sit down and book a 30 minute meeting with everybody. That's kind of the general concession is that's what that has to be. No, <laughs> nobody has time for that. <laughs> the easiest way that I've found um, and that I help companies with is doing, putting a survey. And the great thing is you can do that for free with SurveyMonkey. Yeah. So put out a survey and the things that you want to have in that survey are um, SWOT, a SWOT analysis. So what are the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats? The other question to ask is, if you were to change one thing, what would that be? Mm. Um, and then the last question included in that survey is, if there were no obstacles, what would the company be doing in three years? Everybody has 10 to 15 minutes to complete that survey. Um, the great thing about SurveyMonkey or putting out a survey is then you collect the results, you go through them, and you'll start seeing themes emerge and start recognizing, okay, this is what overarching and overall people are believing about our company. You can even put this out to some of the, your customers, asking them, for their insight, letting them know, you know, you're wanting to be the best and provide the best to your customers and that you would really value their input. Um, so just putting that survey live in the field and, and letting people, that's how you give them the opportunity to give their voice and to speak. And how do you make sure they all do it? Because I'm thinking people would feel more comfortable doing it if they knew it was anonymous, but then how are you tracking to make sure everybody's doing it and you're not missing out on someone? Is sure. it possible? Uh, absolutely. Uh, again, not to plug Survey Monkey, but um, they do have that to where when you're setting up a survey with them, you absolutely can set it up anonymously. And then you can set it up to send out reminders. You're rarely going to get a hundred percent participation. Yeah. So a good rule of thumb is 80%. Oh, okay. And if you can get 80% of the people to give their insights, that's going to give you enough data to be able to start, like I said, seeing those themes emerging and um, giving you the information that you were looking for from that. Okay. That's great. I, I totally get, and I agree with you, that there are always themes that emerge. Whenever I do um, strategy work with a, you know, a, very, a smaller firm where I can go in and talk to everybody or at least the significant players, part of the reason I do it is because that's what I'm looking for, right? I'm looking for that, okay, what am I hearing over and over again? What are some of the beliefs? What, what are some of the experiences so that then – you know, I can go back to leadership and we can talk about this is perception or this is what's yeah. actually happening, right? And it gives you those things that you can work on. Absolutely. Yep. I had that with a company. I'm, you'd be amazed how often leaders are disconnected from the reality of what's really happening in their company. You know, the people on the floor, they're the ones who know what's going on. Um, yeah. so when you can get in front of them and be having those conversations with them and then take it back to the leader, they're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. 
you're like, you're right. That's right. why you hired me. Um, yeah. <laughs> so let's make some adjustments. Exactly. Okay. So you have your vision. How do you connect it to then, like bring it down through the organization? How, how do you connect it to a team's purpose? Yeah, so good. So once you have it, you need to communicate, 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 <laughs> and don't stop communicating. <laughs> um, I've heard it said that about the time you get sick of talking about it, that's when the people are finally getting it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So okay. You How can, do they communicate it? Yeah. There's a lot of different ways that you communicate it. You're going to communicate it in team meetings. You're going to communicate it in um, your in emails. Uh, again, going back to like employee engagement, you should be engaging with your employees. You should be interacting with them. There's a lot of talk about how managers need to be out walking around and having a presence among the people. You know, making sure that when you're doing that, you're talking about how, what's happening and the vision and, and affirming how the people are helping you with creating the vision and how their purpose and what, what they have joined the company to be a part of is connected with all of that. And so when you keep talking about it, keep talking about it, keep talking about it, then the people get it. And it's a trickle effect. You know, you're going to start with talking with your board and, and how you talk to your board is going to be different from how you talk to employees, which is different from how you talk to managers, but make it a priority. And it has to be a part of your everyday conversation. Um, there's a company that I, that I know of that they have completely overhauled what they've done and where they're going. They've been known for this one product for seven years, but they're wanting to branch out and become more. And so the director every week sits down and has a meeting with, um, with the group of managers and just keeps talking it up, talking up about the vision and talking up about how what they're doing today is laying the foundation for where they're going in the future and talking up about how um, these managers are an integral part and showing them how they're going to continue to play a role in the future. Every time, that, going back to vision of painting that mental picture and making it clear, every time that you can talk about it and make them see what that future is going to be, you're going to get buy-in more and more and more. That makes so much sense to me. And I just love it. And, and you were talking about it and I was thinking, I think one of, the, one of the challenges for leaders is they think everybody either knows what they know or knows something they told them yesterday. Yes. And they, right? Or, or they do this, well, come on, we're all grown-ups. We all know why we're here. Well, right. no, <laughs> we don't, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, so they sort of have to get out of their own way. Yep. There is a prevailing assumption by so many, just like you said, that people know what you know. People can't read my mind. They don't know what yeah. I know. I have to use my words in order to get out to them what they need to know. Um, and the things that can go so bad so fast 
when you just operate in the assumption of, well, people already know, you know, they know what we're about and they know we've been talking about this, so they should know. And, um, or the, the flip side is, is that people think, well, it doesn't matter. They don't have to know. They just need uh -huh. to go and walk along with me, which also is very flawed and dangerous. Okay, talk some about why that is so flawed and dangerous, because I agree with you, and that <laughs> needs to be said. Yeah, well, you can't, you cannot just merely pull people along, especially today. Again, like we said at the beginning of the podcast, culture is different today. People want to know why they're doing what they're doing. They want to know that what they're what you're asking them to do is going to connect with who they are and what they want to be about. And so to expect people to just follow you blindly, nobody does that anymore. Um, no. And so you're going to find this, this goes back to why you have vision that nobody buys into. You're thinking, what's everybody's problem? You know, I've got this great vision and nobody's on board with it. Nobody's doing what I want them to do. Well, it's because you're just wanting them to blindly follow you and and people want to know that that what their purpose is is being utilized every minute of the day we're yeah. we have become very purpose driven we we want to know that we're making an impact there's more than 7 billion people on the planet so i want to know that my little life is significant enough and i have to make um, I almost, there's a compelling sense that I have to make my life be big in order to count and be heard. And, and so it's the same thing with a company. I want to know, people want to know that when they're there, that they're making a significant contribution to the success of what's happening. So to say, well, just follow me and, and, you know, we'll figure it out as we go along. It's just ineffective. Yeah. And, and people will leave your company. And, you know, and that goes into a whole nother podcast of how much it costs you to have um, high employee turnover. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, the, you know, listen, they, they need to hear that, right? They need to hear yes. that people are going to leave, especially in this day and age, because they either feel insecure or they feel not valued or they can't tether their purpose to whatever it is that you're doing because you're not showing them how they're connected to right. each other. So yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Worth doing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and do you think that some leaders think that their people don't care to know these things? Like that they just want to come in and just work? I think that that's a part of it, that there's definitely leaders like that. Um, when you think about some leaders and the fact of how they were developed, you know, think about your baby boomer generation, you know, they came in, they scrubbed toilets, they, you know, did the hard work. They just did what their boss told them to. And so to, to wrap their mind around the idea that workers today want to do it differently. I think that's a good point is that they just might not know that their team really wants to know. Yeah, I find this whole argument about the generations and it, it is sort of ridiculous for me. You know, I mean, like I get it. I, I, I sort of get where it's coming from, but I think you raise a good point that 
there's a whole generation of leaders who grew up in a totally different time when business was completely different. And the relationship between the workers and the management, it was just a whole other thing. Right. You know, good, bad, who knows. But right. the the fact is that we really are in a different time and everyone is entering the workforce from a very different viewpoint. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Definitely not what it used to be. No, no, no. And and there's reasons for it. And and you know, frankly, I mean, I I like this better. I remember in the eighties working for a company where um open book management was a really big deal. And I'm surprised that we're in the 21st century and there's still so many companies that are not employing even a thought process of open book management because, you know, it's just a little crazy to me because it's been something that's been out there, but yeah. Yeah. Hopefully more of them will get on board. (laughs) Uh, Maybe. So, oh my gosh, I mean, th- this has been such great information. Is there, if, if, this is sort of a tough question, sometimes I like to ask it, if there was one thing that you wanted to leave the audience with, what do you think it would be? The one thing I want to leave the audience with is the three secrets of having a vision that everybody's going to buy into. Secret number one is people want to be heard. Secret number two is communication is key. And secret number three is keep the vision in front of the people and connect it to their passion. Wow. Will you repeat those? Sure. Secret number one, people want to be heard. Um, Secret number two, communication is key. And secret number three is keep the vision in front of the people and connect it to their passion. That's terrific. Thanks. That really, yeah, thanks for sharing that. It's really, oh my gosh. Listeners, if you don't hear anything else, you know, first of all, (laughs) go back and listen again because you missed it. But that that is really tremendous. If people just follow those three secrets, it'll be amazing what they'll be able to do in their business. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Jill, I really appreciate this. Will you tell the listeners how they can find you and anything you've got going on that you uh, want them to know about, please? Sure. Thanks, Diane. Um, so the best way that people can get a hold of me is this, because most podcast listeners are listening on their phone. I listen to my podcast <laughs> when I'm on the treadmill. So get out your phone and text the word link to 31996. That's link, L-I-N-K, and you text that word to 31996. When you do that, then I'm going to give their listen, your listeners for free my number one tool to motivate employees to be their best, and it's not a bigger paycheck, <laughs> which is <laughs> here. So text the word link to 31996, or you can email me at jvaldez.com at aspirationalsolutions.life. That's terrific. I love that texting thing. Um, that, that is really, really great. I'm going to um, have to, I'll put it in the show notes because I think that's really valuable for awesome. the people listening. Yeah, yeah, thank you. And listeners, thank you. You know, you are why we are here and you really 
Uh, got some great information today. And I'd like to thank our sponsors, Audible.com and Gusto. To get your free trial of Audible.com and a free audiobook, just go to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth to sign up. For payroll processing you'll love, sign up for a demo of Gusto today at gusto.com slash accelerate. Listeners get three free months when they run their first payroll. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert, Warren Buffett, once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.